Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everyone? It's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and today we have Melissa Fultz, the executive director of Arkansas, Arkansans. I messed this up so many times. I tried it a couple times, but Arkansas for cannabis reform. But first, we do have to get into a little bit of cannabis legalization news. So, Tom and Miggy, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Your hands I think it's pretty <laughs> interesting that our uh, podcast starts off like it's an episode of It's Always Sunny, 2 p.m. on a Wednesday. You know? <laughs> well, it, you know what? To, to Lauren's credit, uh, Arkansas is a hard word to say. Yeah, I thought it was Arkansinians, and I know that's not right. But uh, our guest will be able to clear all that up for us later. Yes, but Miggy, Miggy, check out what uh, what are you repping there, man? Oh, yeah. Check out my, uh, my normal gear. Nice. Chicago normal. Yeah, and, and you know, I might even take this to a baseball game now. What? What uh, did the Chicago Normals have a team? No, I just support baseball now. Why do you support baseball now? Oh, hang on a second. That's. Uh, I think you're making a segue into cannabis legalization news. I believe I am. <laughs> Man, that was a pretty good one. Thank pretty you. good one. My uh, my browser's giving me the um, uh, rainbow wheel of doom. Okay, now it's working, and I can share my screen. There we go. And I removed it immediately. But yeah, the MLB is removing marijuana and MILB, mini LB, banned substances from new opioid policies or for no new opioid policies. And the MILB, do you know what that one is, Miggy? Uh, is it immediately? No, I did the MILB. I think it's the minor leagues. So the oh, minor okay. leagues are removing marijuana from their uh, banned substances list. And so they're giving the minor leagues, the kids out there that are playing the game, uh, the opportunity to medicate for pain without having to use opioids. It's their new opioid policy. Well, I always find it uh, kind of ironic how, you know, in the States, in America, whatever, our, our standard of uh, equal play, equal fighting, you know, that's why we have these rules, right? I don't want to oh, give somebody... Like, if you're born a freak, 
if you're yeah. born LeBron James, and I'm granted you work your butt off, you're still born LeBron James. Like I, they're, they're still superhuman. Well, but yeah, sure, we try to we try to say the rules need to be even, but in this instance, if they're going to be like drugging themselves so they can continue to play because they have a ridiculous competitive drive, at least we're going to give them something that's you know, uh, substantially safer than that opioid. And also the anti-inflammatory properties of THC exactly. are pretty good. Yeah, no, that, that's going to be my point exactly, is the the, the anti-inflammation part of it. As someone who uh, used to do sports, you know... Uh, you still do? No, hell no. You just used to. You no, know, yeah. I'm, I'm a video game. I'm an EA sports guy now, damn it. Like, as long as this works... It's probably like fishing. Like, fishing is a sport. It's, yeah. it's almost burning as many calories as EA, but fishing is a sport. Well, I blew up my, my son's mind the other day when he asked me how I did in high school. I mean, I'm, I was never a great – let's let's get that right. I was never a uh, – You were never in the minor leagues saying, no, I, I wish I could use weed. I could never be in the minor leagues, but I was in a 1,000-pound club. I mean, I'm just a strong ox, right? And yeah. so, like, shit still hurts. And, like, when I smoke or consume, you know, you find that that, that anti-property. Uh, it helps your, your knees, your back. Yeah, I mean – and, and It absolutely does. Yeah. And, then, and the other news of the of the week. Oh. So the House Democrats have caved to the Senate on two marijuana and veterans measures. So like, you know, speaking of people needing medication for their pain, that's safe. So the yeah. veterans have not gotten their blessing on this one. And then it also goes on to discuss this app uh, thing that we've been discussing on, on our show a lot. But you know how they've like defunded the war on medical marijuana. And so they were going to try to expand it to all House I'm sorry, all state and Indian reservation cannabis laws, but that might get hung up. So, um, well, we'll that see how that goes. Yeah, well, even on the uh, the, the the VA uh, point, uh, the, this this could affect me if I had a prosecution. Uh, and this is talking about people out of the military because it affects your loans, your VA loans, which it's a huge way how how a lot of us who get out of the military survive. You know, uh, mm -hmm. we don't have that thirty percent down payment on a house. We use our VA loans. Right. So this is gonna fuck so many veterans, dude. That that that's the unfortunate part. Did you see also yep. that Thailand's about to get lit? Thailand is about to get lit, evidently. But when I used to live in Asia, and it's been forever since then. I mean, like you know, fifteen years or more. Uh, Thailand still had a representation reputation of that's where people would go if they wanted to do drugs. Right. Well, any place that you have money and influence, you can do this. But this is what separates America. And well, now, hell, any place you go, you got money, you can have influence. Fuck it. But yeah, Thailand was a decadent. And also, they're, they're, I mean, it's just a horrible. I was there in Pattaya for the Navy. Pattaya is yeah. a city in uh, Thailand? Uh, Patio, Pattaya, Pattaya. Uh, Never yeah, been to Thailand. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it, it, well, when I was there too, which was probably about 15 years ago. It's just like if you ever see a uh, full metal jacket when they uh, walk in the streets and you see the, the Asian ladies, hey, we love you long time, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I do remember that. Yeah, those were called hookers. Yeah, yeah. well, a lot of Thailand was just like that. And then a lot of because wow. uh, they have a, the sex tourism shit there, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah. the fact that Thailand is uh, turning the, the, the tone on cannabis because you could have I believe they were prosecuting people fully like like whipping them for cannabis possession. I don't know. That, I thought that was Bataan or Bataan. Yeah. It was another one because like some of the, the drug laws that are out there are exceedingly strict. 
Depending on where you are, the um, Philippines has like a really, really strict that Duterte president that they have. Yeah, terrible on it. But that's that's fascinating that Thailand would provide that because like when I lived in Korea, you just didn't do it. So when we were doing knife hits out of hash, we had to be really careful. And um, we know Korea's got medical now. We were Uh, Korea if they have medical, that's fantastic. That that was not there when I was there. No, I have a friend that he's, he was a Korean and goes back and forth. And uh, I, he's a grower actually out here in Oregon. And his family is. And then I sent him a little happy like, hey, now you can smoke again in Korea. Because it's very, like you said, you, you definitely no, don't. It was like deported. Like you smoke, you get you get caught, you're deported. Yeah, that's, crazy. That was a, that's, that's a kind penalty for some states in, in Asia if you get caught with all those drugs. Like how Randy Marsh found out, of course, you know, that that fictional character from South Park when he was trying to expand his cannabis farm into China and he brought weed, he was immediately thrown into prison. Yeah. Well, I, when you said Randy Marsh, I was thinking of the kid that when we're, uh, who's the kid in Singapore that got whips for graffiti? Not sure. But, you know, when we were younger, there was like that- graffiti is like free speech. Right. So that would have been subject to this one. So the Trump administration is now defending oh, yeah. a student's rights to discuss marijuana legalization on campus. So I guess there's a safe space to talk about weed on co- uh, in college, which is which is pretty cool. You know, I, I don't really see this as news, though. This was bound to happen because these guys, this the first amendment thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're fighting for this fucking alt-right bullshit, too. You know, the Melacoconus, whatever the hell that guy name is. The, I don't know. The don't gay know Republicans mouthpiece. Oh, man. This is this is what happens when you get, like, really concentrated on various applications. You're like, you're talking about something that I haven't paid attention to in weeks. I just pay too much attention to the damn news is what I do. Oh, cool. <laughs> just There's that. a lot of news that's going on in the area about cannabis legalization. So we're going to discuss a whole state that I know very little of their laws. And, oh, my God. Um, and eras, not, not, nope, wrong era. I mean, we couldn't even pronounce it at the top of the show. So <laughs> it's, But it's great that it's going everywhere. And yes. so now that they have to do it, and we're going to have to figure out, like, they're, are they one of these ballot initiative states or are they legislative? You know, the legislative well, states are going to be tough. And talking to our guests in the green room, I mean, Arkansas just needs more awareness, right? People, when she was talking about their medical uh, fight for medical, no support. And now as they're fighting for this recreational and uh, they're getting support from MPP and other uh, uh, organizations for their bills. So I think that's pretty awesome. But we really should keep Arkansas in mind all the time. Well, the, the bigger that the movement, gr- no, I'm sorry, it's no longer a movement, it's now an industry. The bigger yeah. that the industry gets is uh, just going to fuel additional spending on the same thing that any other industry spends on, lobbying. And so as you buy and buy more lobbyists, you're going to want what they call in the industry emerging markets. And so here comes Illinois as an emerging market. It's going to be a fairly large one. That's going to get a lot more money into these types of coffers that can continue to push for legislative reform to open up those markets so that then they could get into a different state and a different state and then eventually a different country like Thailand, which I guess already has its own. Yeah. And let's not forget these there's people with money that are getting involved, you know, before it becomes recreational, because that's where you want to be. That's the the forefront in each state. And and as oh, yeah. we're not these cops, yeah. You're grandfathered in. So, like, if you get in when it's medical, then you usually are let in when it becomes adult use. And let's not forget branding and and just creating uh, – because in each state, it has its own damn community, right? It, right? As long as we're divided, 
you know, as long as cannabis is not federally legal, each state's going to have. Oh, its I own. don't think so. But think like every state's legal, right? For certain industries. But if you go to like a city in the South, it's got its own feel or culture than if you go to Seattle, Washington. Yeah. It's just a different community to begin with, even for the legal stuff. Exactly. So you're going to have your own spin and flavors on the cannabis industry as you tour around the. It's a big country, man. Yeah. I, I just think right now, you know, before it becomes federally legal, it's a good time if you well, if you got money you can in, in, in time to, to help out these small states, uh, these these up and comers like Arkansas, because you're just going to get your foot in that door. Well, not only that, you can also start to put together your uh, community uh, outreach plans to call for the allocations of certain monies. And then those monies can go to certain charities and those charities could, in theory, lead to more markets for uh, the future to you and then also help give back to the uh, communities that have been most hurt i need you to know that our guest has a bill like that in play too oh really so yeah, they help the communities which is important i mean that's one of the things that they could do is they can tag take this cash flow that's going on right there in the black market now and you're not carving up that cash flow to make sure that it goes where the people want it to go and as these laws come on board and they go into effect and the transactions start to happen and the people start getting paid, you know, there's positive benefits there. And that's before we get to the whole wellness aspect of the plant itself, you know? Yeah. Should we really call it a black market? No, I think I like the traditional market term. Uh, I think the traditional market was legal, right? Isn't the black market just this little stopgap solution we've had since the 30s? I just picture like body parts being traded, hits, you know, uh, what do you oh, call the it? Black market be all sorts. It's, I guess it would be <laughs> the black cannabis market, you know, as opposed yeah. to the black uh, market for, um, you know, other terribly, terribly illicit things that some people are probably paying for and they shouldn't. I, I just think Silk Road when I hear black market, you know, and then uh, cannabis has always been a handshake deal and uh, uh, having to know somebody, right? So right. that's that's the traditional market. <laughs> Well, there's a difference between growing a plant that makes you high and feel good and it's healthy for you than harvesting somebody for organs. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I just don't like calling them. You figure market. one would be less illegal than the other, but depending on where you are, maybe not. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're in the, in the South. Man, what I wonder what the penalties are for uh, for cannabis in Ar uh, yeah, Arkansas. That's, that's what we're going to be discussing. Well, not just that. I wonder what the culture's like there. I don't know. I've never smoked weed in Arkansas. Not right. once. And I know Bill Clinton has. No, no. Bill Clinton oh, he didn't inhale. inhale weed. And he was probably out of Arkansas and over out east in New York or wherever he went to his Ivy League school. Oh, that's true. Right. He was a, what do you call it? A, a Yaley, I think. I'm not sure where Yale is. I'm, I'm pretty good with that, too. I can live the rest of my life being vaguely aware of Yale. Right. That's it. Yeah. Well, how do you know when someone in the, goes to Yale or Harvard? I don't care. Oh, wait, they tell you a million times. Just yeah. like a vegan. Like, they become like a vegan, but for the Ivy League, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, I think we should bring Melissa we on. We absolutely should. And God, hope. Yeah. Oh, man, if she went to Yale. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, good. Well, thank but thank you for joining us, Melissa. Can you introduce uh, yourself to the audience? Hi, I'm Melissa Fultz, and I'm the executive director for uh, Arkansans for Cannabis Reform and also the executive director for Drug Policy Education Group. Cool. I'm Tom Howard. How are you doing? <laughs> I know it says I'm Melissa Fultz. All right. So how long have you been active in cannabis in Arkansas? 
It'll be eight years, November, actually November the 11th. <laughs> Any progress to report eight years? Well, yes, we, um, we finally got medical passed in 16, although it took the state two and a half years to actually get it implemented. Well, when you say we, let's talk about that. As okay. Arkansas, how did you get it passed? Does the people say to the legislature, we want it? Yes, we did it by ballot initiative. We did our first ballot initiative uh, for 2012. And um, three college students had gotten the bill written and had just gotten approved. And my son, who at the time was 28 years old, had been told by his doctors that he was dying. There was nothing they could do. They were killing him with the opioids that they'd had him on for 14 years because of car accident. Oh. And um, one of his doctors told him that if he would use cannabis instead of the opioids and all the other medications they had him on, he had a chance to live. Wow. And so um, Gary, my husband, started looking online to see how we could get the laws changed in Arkansas and let it be legal so he wasn't having to break the law. And we found these three young college students that had literally just gotten it passed. They hadn't even gotten any petitions printed and we got involved with them. And Gary had been a mobilization coordinator at the, um, at the railroad union where he worked. And I had done a lot of mobilization and a lot, a lot of organizational things. So we just kind of stepped up and, and started fighting and, we missed in 2012, we missed passing it by only 1.75%, which was wow. Uh, how, how much do you have to pass by in Arkansas? Is it a super majority 50, like in 50 Florida? Plus one, 50 plus one. Nice. nice. <laughs> Although the legislature has changed the laws every single legislative session, including this last one. And they also have an amendment that will be on the ballot for 2020 if it passes they can literally remove it from our state constitution. Wow. There will be no petitioning process. And I'll give you an, an idea. Now, MPP helped us in 12. Um, I think we got $750,000 from them, which was huge. Uh, 14, we didn't get any assistance because it was a midterm. But then 16, we got on the ballot for $75,000. Nice. I mean, Great. You know, you can't even imagine now the, the other initiative, the one that actually got passed, had about $2 million. Oh, wow. Um, but this time around, because the changes that the legislature has made um, and the extra expenses, it's going to cost us about $700,000 to get on the ballot. They made it 10 times more expensive. Yeah. It Literally 10 times more expensive. Now... Uh, it has to be printed. You have to print it. The sponsor has to print it in the statewide paper once before 30 days before we turn in. Uh, but then after that, the secretary of state's office has to print it in every county paper and one statewide paper, not once, but twice before the election. And used to the state absorb that cost. Now the sponsor has to pay for that. So that's about 150000 that is just just <laughs> that. That's just that a is a giveaway. Game. That is like a, such an impediment to oh. uh, changing and your rights to put that stuff on the ballot. Oh, it's even worse now. Used to you got it approved by Attorney General, and then you started gathering your signatures. Now 
you file it with the Secretary of State. You spend all your time and energy and money gathering all of your signatures. Then you send them back to the Secretary of State. They validate them and tell you if you've made the ballot or not or have enough to make the ballot. And then it goes to the Election Commission now rather than the Attorney General. And they have been appointed by a governor who is 150% against this. And also by legislature. Yeah. You can only be 100% of anything. Um, I don't know about that. This guy really hates it. And so (laughs) I can't believe like they do have something in the industry where once somebody finds out that it's about cannabis, the price can go up about it. So like, you know, you can overcharge somebody. Well, you can charge them an appropriate risk for like the interest on their loans or their rent at their real estate. But to put up the price of accessing the ballot from 75 to $700,000 is that's, it is, that you know, is crazy. It's all of us that are trying to get ballot initiatives passed. That's the sad part about it. And it's not, you know, they tried to say it was a, a liberal thing, but it's not. Even our our staunchest opposition um, uses the ballot and the ballot process, the ballot mm-hmm. initiative process. So it's really terrible what they're trying to do to crush the people's voice. And I've had more than one legislature tell me to my face. You have no business changing the law. That's my job. Wow. And That's exactly like what that. happened in Arizona. Like, you know, <laughs> 20 years ago in Arizona, the people told the legislature what to do. And they were like, nah. So yeah. like, you know, that's one of the things we kind of talk about on the show is this difference, this distinction about how they can can legalize and how Illinois is like, well, we're kind of the first legislatively were the first. Otherwise you have to have these types of things. And they just immediately put that roadblock in your path because it's like, you're not supposed to tell me the legislature what to do. You're supposed to vote for me. And how come you haven't paid the $500 for the donation to my account? Yeah. And our legislature, hell would freeze over before our legislature would pass any kind of uh, marijuana bill. Matter of fact, they, they fought tooth and nail to try to keep from implementing the marijuana bill that the people passed. Why? Why? Do you know who our governor is? Um, I'm assuming it's it's like Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) It's Asa Hutchinson, who used to be the DEA, federal DEA. Hitler's cousin, Asa Hutchinson. Okay. (laughs) Anslinger's cousin. Anslinger's cousin. You know, that's the thing, though. Anslinger has to have cousins out there and stuff. And that that crazy Dr. Munch. That oh, wait, gotta have other quacks. I got a weird fact. <laughs> Anslinger's niece is actually uh in the cannabis industry. Really? Yeah, that's, cool. that's freaky as fuck, right? Yeah. But Melissa, cool. um, I, I, we were talking before, you're not a lawyer, and so what? uh over here in Washington, I'm going through this home grow fight. Um, and you learn so much about the, the process. How uh, doing what you've been doing, have you been discouraged by like all the adults in a room, or what's your take so far? Well, you know, you're always having discouraging days, but for the most part, um, I'm kind of one of those pit bulls with the pork chop kind of girls. You know, once I sink my teeth in something, I don't give up until it's done. So it's been a very long, very hard, very exhausting road, but it's also been very inspirational. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's been a great ride and we have got medical passed and 
hopefully in November of 2020, we'll have adult use. And well, let's talk about those. What, what bills do you have going through in Arkansas right now for 2020? Okay, we have two bills. Um, the first one is the adult use. And I'll tell you a little bit about it. What it will do is it will right now, there's a maximum of 40 dispensaries in the state. That's all they can have. I mean, we have patients driving one and two hours one way to get their medicine. With our amendment, it will add another 30 dispensaries per congressional district. And it, it has to have at least one per county, which we have 75 counties. Now, one county has voted by the people not to allow it in their county. So 74 counties. Um, it will allow the dispensaries right now can only grow a maximum of 50 plants. The cultivation center grows everything. I know, I know. The cultivation center grows everything. So they're completely dependent on the cultivation centers and whatever prices the cultivation center set. With ours, they will be able to grow a minimum of 200 adult plants. So it actually, as the, the demand increases, their ability to grow more will also increase. We will also um, have four more cultivation centers. So we should have plenty of product for every adult over 21 and all of our patients still. Uh, another thing it'll do is we will actually have home grow ability uh, in Arkansas, which we don't have right now. You will be allowed, each individual over 21 will be allowed to grow uh, at least six uh, mature plants and six seedlings. Nice. Um, our tax dollars, we don't trust our legislature. So <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no. The, the first part of <laughs> really, the first part of the taxes, of course, will go to pay for the program. Um, then after that, we have our expungement amendment, which we'll talk about in a minute, and it will in a minute, it will pay for that program. Everything over that. 60% will go to pre-K and after-school programs, starting with the most at-risk children, which is huge because the legislature refuses to fund pre-K or after-school programs. That's awesome. I can't believe you guys are going to try to fund the children because <laughs> sometimes like you see, you see articles about how uh, dispensaries get the money returned to them. Like when they try to have, have community outreach and they want to sponsor Little League or a park or somewhere, they're like, no, you... There's kids here. We don't want your your marijuana money. Get out of here. I don't think they'll have much of a problem with it. I really don't. And and 40% of it goes to uh, UAMS, which is our uh, teaching medical school, medical school hospital. Um, the legislature slashed their funding a couple of years ago, and, and they train 95% of the doctors in the state. And so they just blatantly slash their their budget. So we're going to give them 40 percent of the money and then 60 percent for the pre-K. And I'll, and I'll give you a little a, a little quick background on that. My granddaughter, uh, my son signed my granddaughter up for pre-K. Well, they weren't quite poor enough. This is how bad the program was, is they had just a small uh, number of pre-K classes in their school and they started with the poorest of children and even the poor kids most of them didn't even get in so the legislature refuses to expand it and we've all seen the statistics that especially an at-risk child has a 25 percent better chance of 
finishing school, doing better in school and succeeding in life if they have that, that ability to go to pre-K programs. So that and the after school programs that will keep kids safe and keep them off the street, we felt like that that was important enough to designate our tax dollars from the, the cannabis industry to, to implement those. Nice. It's awesome. I mean, I love the flexibility that you have in the legislation because it's a ballot initiative. So are you able to dis de determine what, what pot the money goes into? Yes. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, we um, we learned through the six through the eight years that we could actually shore up our amendment to keep the legislature from changing so much. The medical amendment that got passed, the only stipulations that he put that could not be changed without a vote of the people was the number of dispensaries and cultivation centers, and they couldn't repeal it. Mm -hmm. Well, that left everything wide open, including allowing it to take two and a half years to be implemented. With ours, they cannot change the time limit without a vote of the people, and there won't be time for a vote of the people. They cannot reduce the number of dispensaries, the number of plants, or the ability to grow at home. They basically can't change anything except basically pretty much the definitions. Hmm. So without a vote of the people. So we made sure that it was protected, that the people would actually get what they voted for because they did it with the medical. And so we um, we learned we've learned the hard way how to fight this battle. How far are you along in the uh, the, the ballot process? Are you going to be on the ballot come November? or We, we intend to be right now. Uh, we don't have as many signatures as we'd like. Right now, we only have about 10,000 signatures, but we have till the first week in July uh, to get the rest of them. We are required to have about 89.5 for each how many? Day. How many medical patients are in Arkansas? Right now, 30,000. Well, why aren't there 30,000 signatures out there right there? That's well, and that's what we're doing. We've actually been contacting the dispensaries and several of them are going to allow us to canvas at the dispensaries. Great. So yeah. we're hoping to get a lot of signatures from that. And also most of our volunteers are patients. Mm -hmm. So getting the ability to canvas inside somewhere out of the weather is huge because we don't want them out there getting sick. They're already compromised. So that one. But the second amendment we've got, I'm almost more proud of than, than the adult use. And that's our expungement program. And why, why are they like in Illinois, we have them integrated. Uh, well, how come they have to be separate? Well, Arkansas is a one issue amendment state. Oh. And so when we were writing this, one of the, the attorney that I worked with that actually um, did the wording used to work for the attorney general's office. And so they knew pretty much <clears throat> how it needed to be written and, and what, how, you know, how it needed to be set up. But we had two judges, we had 15 attorneys and two judges critique it. And uh, several of them, the only concern that they had was that, with the way it's done now where it's approved after the signatures, that there was a chance that they could use having the expungement inside the adult use amendment could give them an excuse to throw them both off. Mm -hmm. So 
rather than just throw out the expungement, which I refused to do, we did take it out of the original amendment and then we made it its own amendment um, because she just kept saying, I just don't think if we can do this. I said, we're going to have the expungement. <laughs> <laughs> but when the other attorneys and judges said, no, that's a problem. I was like, fine, then we'll just do two amendments. So what it will happen is if you have been convicted of under 16 ounces of uh, dry product, under six plants or under, or paraphernalia, then you can fill out a form at no cost to yourself. This all comes out of the funding from the uh, taxes from the adult use fill out a form. It will be sent to a judge that will be appointed to check all these out. If they meet the criteria, they get their, uh, their records expunged and they give them their lives back. Cause let's face it at 65, almost 65 years old, there were people that I went to school with that were arrested for a joint and they have a felony on their record. And you know, for, for all these years, their lives have been destroyed. We want to give people their lives back. We have a young man that was uh, fixing to graduate from nurse practitioning school, top of his class. He got caught growing three plants for his wife because she had some severe illnesses that this was helping. And he not only ended up with a felony, but he lost his scholarship and he lost his ability to graduate and be an a nurse practitioner, which we desperately need. So we need to give these people their lives back. The South is very, uh, you're, you're, you're going uphill when it comes to this fight. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, I, we well, ACLU put out a report on Mississippi. I believe it was like two years ago talking, like you just said, l these little stories about people's lives ruined over a joint or a plant. Um, yeah. and, and while you're doing this, pushing this goddamn stone uphill, um, I know education is important when it comes to changing minds. And are you pointing out the fact that you have a university in Mississippi that's growing for the government? And at the same time, you have Oklahoma who's about to pull in a bunch of revenue because they've, oh, yeah. you know, well, and, and in all reality, it, it took six years, you know, for the medical, but even though our amendment was not the one that passed, had we not laid the groundwork and did the educating that we did, nothing would have ever passed. But we, one good thing about using volunteers and, and if we get the money, even if, even if we get the money and have paid canvassers, they'll be all Arkansas residents. And so they have a dog in that fight and they will all be people who support cannabis legalization. And the, the good thing about them, which we have done for the last eight years, is they don't just get your signature. They don't just say, hey, will you sign this? They educate while people are signing those petitions. They are educating those people as to the benefits of legalization. And so we're, we're building that bridge with people, even people that are against it. If they'll stop and, and visit with us for a minute and let us explain why it needs to be legalized and why this expungement needs to be passed. So like, do you give them like an elevator pitch? Cause like, <laughs> if I'm just sitting there, I have a legalize it shirt on, legalize it and expunge it. And I'm, I'm going to collect, <laughs> what is it called? It's um, uh, adult use and expungement, justice and freedom. Justice and freedom. I love freedom. it. Justice and freedom bills. I mean, these freedom. are great. And uh, so then do you have uh, talking points? 
We do. Uh, with the adult use, what we're the main talking points that we're we're trying to get across is with the amendment that we have, patients are still driving one to two hours one way to get their wow. medicine. Right now, you pay around $380 an ounce for your medicine. Mm -hmm. A card, by the time you go to the doctor and get your card, costs you about $250. These are patients that many of them are disabled and they live on a fixed income, maybe of $1,000 a month. Now, how do you justify spending $380 for an ounce of medicine when you have to buy medicine, other medicines and food and, and shelter. Um, so we try to tell people we have thousands of patients that got left behind. There are so many patients that don't qualify with the bill that passed. How strong, how strict is it? Do you guys allow pain? Do you guys allow PTSD? Now, it does have pain and PTSD, but things like autism, um, ADD, ADHD, uh, lung function disabilities, um, migraines, Parkinson's, um, you know, so many illnesses that get, got left behind, depression, anxiety, all of the things that we know can be helped with cannabis got left behind. And so, you know, this is what we tell people. The program does not protect all of the patients. Too many patients have to drive too far and there are adults that would much more prefer to use this than sit down and drink a six pack of beer. And we need to make sure they have that legal ability and not have to go to jail because they chose to use a plant that was much safer yeah. and much healthier than, than alcohol or, or other. are there bars in Arkansas? Are there bars? Yeah. Yeah. We got bars in Arkansas. Believe oh, yeah. it or not. Yeah. We're the redneck state. <laughs> so, so you have something more dangerous out there anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, years, 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 years and years ago, I worked in a bar and yeah, you would see people walk out that were so drunk. You thought, I don't know how in the world they're going to get home. And some of them didn't. Uh, but back then you couldn't do anything about it. Now you can refuse to serve them. But back then you couldn't. Um, but even police officers that we talk to, if they're really honest with us, and there are some that are, will tell you they would much rather stop someone who's been using cannabis rather than somebody that's been drinking. Somebody that's drinking is going to cuss them. They're going to try to fight them. They're going to spit on them. They're, you know, be as, you know, as hard to get along with as possible. You stop somebody that's been using marijuana, they're yes or no, sir. You know, what, what do you want me to do, sir? <laughs> Could you please repeat the question? There you go. You know, as polite as they can possibly be. And you think about it. If somebody's drinking, they think they're Iron Man and they can do anything. They'll get those keys as drunk as they can be and get those keys and they'll get out and they're stuck in car. You can turn off your hippocampus. Like you can get blackout drunk because it turns <laughs> off your hippocampus. So you just ask somebody a question and if they give you an answer, they ask the same question in three minutes, they give you the same answer and they have no idea where they are. It's like, oh, you're blackout drunk. Yeah. So but you know, when you get somebody who's tired, they're like, dude, I'm not moving off this couch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying right here. And they seriously don't get out. I mean, I'm not saying nobody gets out and drives when they're when they're under the influence, but most people don't. Most people are just 
using it to, to chill out, to feel better, to relax. And the last thing they want to do is get out and drive around. Right. So it's so much safer. And there are so many people, you know, everybody thinks that only, uh, you know, druggies use marijuana. Well, I know judges, I know lawyers, I know doctors, I know, yeah. <laughs> I know everybody that uses cannabis, most of them illegal because they don't count as patients because they prefer it over getting drunk. And so that's what we try to get across to people that this gives you a safer alternative. And, and it's just better for the whole state. Isn't it, isn't it worth it to this, our entire state to have this alternative product exactly. available for our people? Exactly. And the upside is people are so mad about it taking two and a half years to get this program implemented for the medical that even the people that were against adult use are going, just legalize it. Where do I sign? Nice. Because they're so mad. So we're hoping that that's going to build the momentum for us. Are you seeing a big pushback on the wellness argument? Like people, I mean, even as an advocate, it took me a long time to understand that this plant, this magical plant can actually help so many spectrums of diseases because of our cannabinoid system. You know, right. it's in our nervous system. It's in our bone system. Uh, uh, there, there's so many like fibromyalgia somebody posted and other uh, illnesses that it helps with as an asthmatic, I find certain strains because of the terpenes help me breathe easier. But in Arkansas, are you finding that argument where people are saying, Oh no, uh, this can't be good for you. This can't be healthy. Uh, how is this medicine? This is not med. That's the big thing I always hear is it's not medicine and it is medicine to a lot of people. Do you see that a lot in Arkansas? We did for a while, especially during the campaign, you know, we would hear people say, oh, it's not medicine. They just want to get high. And then we would share stories. And, you know, um, when you tell a story like with mine, that it saved my son's life, it literally saved his life. It got him off of opioids and off the other drugs that the doctors had him on. And for me, for instance, I haven't had an asthma attack in eight years. Uh, it literally, and I have it documented from the pulmonologist, it reversed my lung damage. So, you know, when you tell people these stories and, and you have cancer patients that share their stories, it's kind of hard for them to say this is not really medicine. And then when, since it's passed and, and now people can openly say, this is doing this for me. This is getting me off of opioids. This is giving me a quality of life. And people are seeing it. They're like, oh my gosh, this really is medicine. And people that I thought would never, ever support it. I'll tell you what makes them support it. Them or a loved one of theirs has something happened to them, cancer or some other disease that cannabis can help. And the first thing they do is say, oh my gosh, what can I do to get this for my loved one? Right. And, and the sad thing is, is, is it's so sad that they have to get to that point to support us. It's the prejudice. The prejudice oh, yeah. is deep. Uh, the the legislature that passed that got so many bills supporting the cannabis program passed for us. It, it was really funny. He was ex-military. He was a retired colonel, a JAG attorney. Spent money to, to fight it, voted against it the whole nine yards. He was given a task to get the program up and going. 
he went to his preacher and said, I, I don't know how to deal with this because this is horrible. You know, this is this terrible drug. And the preacher told him, he said, I want you to talk to a few people in the church. And these are people he knew. Mm -hmm. and he had no idea. And he said, these people are desperate for this medicine and I want you to talk to them. And I support this 100%. He did a complete about face. When someone close to you can tell you what this will do for them, it's a game changer. And with 30,000 patients in the state, licensed patients in the state, it's a game changer because they can show, look at me, look at how much better my life is. Look at the fact that I have a quality of life. Look right. at the fact that I'm a Crohn's patient and I am in remission. Look at the fact that I'm, you know. MS. A, yeah, MS. Well, and I have arthritis in every joint and fibromyalgia, so I, I double qualify. Um, they told me. 15, Do they give you twice as many uh, nuggets? No, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Okay. But um, they told me 15 years ago I'd be in a wheelchair in 10 years. Wait, how's your wheelchair? <laughs> exactly. I That's still run my farm every day. Good. Um, what type I, of farm? I have a dairy goat farm. Okay. Oh, wow. Do you Are guys you have hemp laws over there? Uh, we just, matter of fact, uh, my husband, Gary, and I, and two college students wrote the hemp bill that we gave to a legislature that we got passed in 2017. So we do have a hemp bill. Um, it got changed a little bit from what we wanted it to be, but we're hoping at the next, next legislative session that they can um, change the rules a little bit to make it better. Because right now you can grow it but you can't sell the raw flour in Arkansas. So you have to send it out of the state mm. and then you have to buy it from another state to get it back in the state, which is stupid, but yeah, don't even go there. Yeah, legislature. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we do have a hemp bill and we have several um, people that are growing now. As a matter of fact, we have the uh, Arkansas Hemp Association now that is getting stronger every day that more and more people are joining it to um, help support the hemp, the hemp legislation. So Arkansas, believe it or not, we're, you know, as, as hard right. as it is for us to change, Arkansas is actually coming into the, you know, at least the 20th century. <laughs> what is the status of the home grow though under the proposed law? Reefer revolution right test. Right now, nothing. There is no home grow now. But with your upcoming bill, there will be, right? The upcoming bill, there will be. You can grow yeah. up to six uh, mature plants and six seedlings. Uh, per household? Per person? Per person. Wow. There's no medical home grow? Huh? No. 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 The the guy that got his pass was 150%. Sam, I, I have a 150% because they're so bad. Wow. Um, is I've only been given 110. <laughs> you know, I've been slacking. There, I'm you a there, there you go. Uh, yeah, there you go, too. Uh, but he was completely against home grow. Um, he believed that it wouldn't pass with home grow, although the polling that was done, it was a very in-depth polling, actually showed that home grow polled higher than non, not being able to, to grow. But uh, the the powers that be and the people that paid him to run their initiative didn't want home grow, so there was no home grow. You, you'll 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 get out of it. You'll you'll shape. Uh, because Tom and I have talked before. This is the whole legalization is painful. You know, even here in Washington, oh, yeah. you know, no home grow because it was uh, 
preconceived or polled better without the home grow, which, you know, I get it. We have to meet certain metrics and, but like you in yeah, our, I mean, the thing about the home grow, it's a trade off. The home yeah. grow kind of invites the DEA into your state. And so yeah. well, it's debatable though. The way we looked at it, when we did ours for 16, uh, we were issue seven and his was issue six. The way we looked at it was that if if you were too far away from a dispensary, you should be able to grow your own medicine for yourself to make sure that you had that medicine. And it was also a tripwire because we had it written in that if there were no dispensaries by November of 2017, everybody could grow their own. Oh. So, you know, it was a tripwire to prevent them from doing exactly what they did, which is postpone it for two and a half years. Uh, but I do believe that people should be allowed to grow. Will I grow? No, I have trouble growing a tomato plant. So I'm not going to spend the money to try to grow cannabis because it's a disaster. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't think someone else should have the right. You know, grow. it's access to medicine, man. It is. And, you know, there are a lot of people, they like to make their own beer, their own wine. They, you know, grow their own tomato plants. They should have the right to be able to grow their own cannabis plants. And, you know, I don't smoke. We do edibles, but I don't smoke. My husband doesn't smoke. But if that's the, the, the way that you choose to consume it, you should have that right to consume it in any way you see fit. So right now your, uh, your medical uh, 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 structure, how is a flower supplied to the dispensaries? Is it from uh, that one you said grow or can individuals grow and bring it to them? No, it has to be from the cultivation center and then the dispensaries can grow their 50 plants. But right now there are, I think three cultivation centers that are open and up and running. Wow. And so they set the price for the entire state. And so you pay anywhere from 350 to 450 for an ounce of cannabis that if it was full legal and there were more dispensaries growing and, um, more cultivations growing, you know, they, they would not have the monopoly that they have and it would actually be reasonably priced for patients. And that's another reason why we did what we did. Do we want everyone under 21 to be able to have access? Yes. But for more than anything else, it was to make sure that the patients that are, are legal right now have more access and a better price and the ability to grow. But not only that, the patients that got left behind will be able to have access and have it legal and have it affordable. And that to me is the most important thing to make sure that not yeah. only is it legal, but it's accessible and it's affordable. Cause like if I want to go get an eighth, uh, I'm probably going to be paying about 60, 50 to $60. And I'm not going to be able to find an ounce as a medical patient in Illinois. So I probably have to like buy 50, you know, dollar or $60 eighths eight times. If I wanted that much medicine, I can't believe it's that cheap out there. Do you guys do like what I would call bulk flour? Can you buy? No, you, okay. buy, well, you just buy flour and most places it's $50 for an eighth which I, I know where you're at, it's really expensive. And that's been uh, some of the people's concerns is they look at your state and say, well, 
you know, theirs gets more and more expensive because more people using it and, and the supply and demand. But compared to Colorado, where you can buy an ounce for $125, wow. $350 is ridiculous, especially in a state as poor as Arkansas. Um, you think about it, we are, I think, the third poorest state in the nation, yet our medicine is one of the most expensive. And that's got to change. Yeah. Um, you know, people can't afford it. Mm -hmm. And so they're still going to the black market. And the problem with the black market is, although we were very grateful for it before it became legal, you know, we would have been in bad shape without it. Um, it's not tested. You don't know how it's been grown. You don't know what's in it. And so you're taking a chance by getting it off the black market, which is another thing that we did with this amendment is we made it mandatory to test the adult use, just like the medical. So nice. these patients that didn't qualify can still get medical grade that they know is safe. They know they don't have pesticides in them. They know they yeah. don't have the mold so in much, them. Medical grade is so much better. And, yeah. and that's it's for really people great. that have not smoked medical grade cannabis. I highly recommend you try it <laughs> um, because it will make you like go back to your dealer and be like, that was cool. But uh, I'm going to go try to get one of these card things. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, what's the selection like there? Is there RSO and whatnot or is it? They don't have RSO right now. You basically have to make your own, which I've, I've, I've made a lot of in the past. Uh, I have several cancer patients that we helped with it. Um, you can buy gummies right now. You can buy concentrate, uh, the cartridges. Um, I buy, when I buy it, I, I buy just the flour because I make my own edibles. I come home and I get my little handy dandy magical butter machine out and I make my butter and my oils and then I make my cookies, um, or my gummies. I like to make my own. Uh, now I have to <laughs> have to share this. When we were getting it off the black market, you know, it was just street grade and I would make my cookies and it would take about a half to three quarters of a cookie to help me sleep at night. Well, the first time I used the really good medical grade, I made my cookies like I always do. And I ate my half of cookies. I was still high at noon the next day. <laughs> Yeah, you just kind of have to get used to that. That's one of the nice things because it's an edible high. So you're like, oh, no, it's not going away for a while, man. You got to like just kind of ride this out. Right. <laughs> well, the is I only have to eat a quarter of it now. You right. know, I eat a quarter of a cookie every night now. And, then, and that does the same as what a half a cookie used to do for me. But it was really funny because when it hit me, usually it would hit me. And I just, okay, it's kind of hit me. I'll, you know, I'm ready to go to sleep. When it hit me, I was laying down. It was like. Oh my gosh, I can't raise my arms. I can't roll over. I can't move. You know, I told my husband, I said, You're going to have to roll me over because I can't move. Sounds like an so, awesome. Uh, but it was, you know, it's definitely different having the, the higher quality. Do you, out of your, because uh, you said there's four centers, right? For uh, uh, grow. There's three cultivations right now. Three cultivation centers. And, mm -hmm. and so, do you have a preference out of those three or are they all owned by the same guy? 
or a girl? Now, they're all owned by different people, and, and I'll probably get in trouble. But so far, my very, very best is Natural State Medicine, NSM. They, um, they probably have the highest quality product. Um, and it's their, their plant is actually only about 10 miles from my house. Oh, nice. Um, but they have probably the best quality um, of the other. There's only three open right now. And the sad thing is we only have 11 dispensaries right now. Um, out of the 40 that we're allowed and they issued 32 licenses and we still only have 11 open. Out of those 11, are, are all of them growing their own too? Are those 50 plants? Or? Most of them are growing their own and are just now getting ready to harvest. I know the dispensary, it's really funny. We live like in the sticks. Uh, you know, I do have a farm, so we're definitely rural. But we got really lucky. We got a dispensary less than five miles from our house. Oh, wow. <laughs> How many people live in Arkansas? I think there's 3 million people. So, uh, because I know there, when the vote was a little over a million people voted, but when the last time we looked, when we were figuring how many cultivation centers would be allowed, um, there's a little over 3 million. So it's not real big. Well, I hope you guys get some craft grows. Don't forget those. Cause then you can have a lot of little uh, players. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, you know, the way we have it set up, it's $5,000 to get a license. It's by um, lottery. What they did with medical was the the uh, merit system, and it was a disaster. We're, we're doing that merit system right now. Let me tell you. It's wow. a disaster. Yeah. It was a disaster. Oh, man. Um, I mean, you just would not believe the, the corruption that of, of getting it up and going and I mean, this is how bad it is. They just replaced a couple of members of the Marijuana Commission. One of the guys they put on the commission is a police chief who runs the anti-marijuana program. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really care. He's making money either way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he, that's how much he, he is against it. And he's making rules and regulations for the, the program. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you think they're not trying to, to see what they can do to kill the program, but we're not going to let them. We're going to keep moving forward and we're going to get this passed and we're going to have adult use. We're going to have expungement. People are going to get their lives back and people will be able to afford their cannabis. And if they want to grow six plants, they have that right to do it. And that's Sounds what great. it's all about. Hell yeah. Awesome. Thank you hey, so Lord. much for joining us today. Melissa? <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Melissa. Uh, where yeah. can we go to so much, huh? Where can we go to support you guys, like us and? Oh, uh, yes. you can go to Arkansans for Cannabis and we have a donate button there, and it gives you a lot of information about uh, our program. You can read the amendments. You can read the team, see the team leaders. You can visit with volunteers. Uh, go on there, check it out. And if anybody out there wants to give us money, we will gladly take it. Please, please, please. ArkansansforCannabisReform.com. Awesome. There you go. Well, check it out, everybody. Hey, thanks for everybody showing up. Hey, yeah. thank y'all so much. I appreciate y'all allowing me to be on your show. Thank thanks you. for coming on. Learned a lot.
Totally. As always, guys, make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you next week. Thanks.